This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and AHA That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. So who is my guest of this Friday? Well, what I can tell you is Carol Star Taylor is a publisher with Starhouse Publishing, a global company, international best-selling author, and inspirational speaker. She is the founder of Sisterhood, the Sisterhood, a growing global community of thriving, heart-centered women to inspire and connect other women without exclusion. Very important point in today's day and age. Carol is a two-time recipient of the Brilliant Minded Women Award and recognized as one of the top 100 women in Canada. Wow, that's quite a repertoire. How are you, my friend? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you know what? This has been in the works for quite some time. I mean, I'm even going to hedge to guess it's been, what, over a year? That's right. I know. (laughs) I know. Between the schedules. (laughs) Well, the day is finally here, and I just want to say how excited and how grateful I am for the gift of your time. Um, I just want to commend you as well for everything that you're doing, because what you've managed to achieve for yourself is quite remarkable, Carol, and I hope that you've had an opportunity. As busy as what you are, it's very easy to lose track of our own momentum, our own growth. So I hope that you're acknowledging all the tremendous work that you're doing in terms of paying it forward and being of service to the collective. Thank you. Thank you. It's, um, it's a passion and, uh, you know, I, I connect with people all the time. It's, it's a wonderful feeling to Mm -hmm. be able to, to give back and give people a voice. Well, and you extended that courtesy and that generosity to me. Again, I'm going to say it was probably a year ago when you approached mm-hmm. me kindly to write the forward for your book, Fuck Fear. And I thought right. with that title and with what my branding's all about, it couldn't be more synergistically aligned. So I just want to say I was very, very touched by that. And the fact that I was on your radar and it was something that you intuitively thought was a good fit. I just want to thank you for that. Thank you. I, I mean, it was a brilliant forward. Um, it was a fantastic book, and uh, I'm, I was really honored to have you. And, um, and synergetically, I think that, it, you know, I mean, we have been in contact 
um, for the last year. And, and uh, I know moving forward, um, you know, it's going to go <laughs> even longer. We're going to have a lifelong relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for that, I'm very grateful. So thank you for that. Um, so let's dive right in, Carol, because everybody who kindly follows me knows that my style and approach to my interviews with my guests of each week, it's organic, it's unscripted. I think it makes for a much more authentic conversation. And certainly that's the feedback mm -hmm. I've received. Um, mm -hmm. So let's talk about because as a publishing company, and, and this is your wheelhouse, you know, this stuff uh -huh. inside and out. Uh, mm -hmm. As a fellow author myself, I've done both the traditional self-publishing and the hyper-publishing route. But let's talk and narrow in specifically on why you're a big supporter of hybrid publishing specifically. Well, I think that hybrid publishing um, gives you the control. Yeah. And, and to me, um, I'm very author-focused. Mm -hmm. I uh, Being an author myself before I even... Um, started my company, it was really important for me to execute my vision and my voice. Mm -hmm. When, you know, I mean, you've been the traditional publishing route, so you know that you end up losing that or mm -hmm. part of it. Um, and so I, I think that, uh, you know, when people come and, come and talk to me about their story, whether it's in a, a solo author book or a compilation, uh, it's like they have they have the vision in mind. They, they know what they want. Um, and, and they want also the control and they want to own their work. And I think that, you know, you can see even in what's happening in the music industry and, and people, they, they want to own their own work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, you do hear about those stories, unfortunately, where people get into power struggles and financial lawsuits and all kinds of things, because a lot of people um, or publishing houses, not yours, but I'm talking about in some cases, the traditional publishing route or even in the music industry, you know, things get a little bit skewed in terms of the fine print or what people go into in terms of a creative partnership. And they think that this is what's going to be offered due diligence wise on one end then it turns out to be something that goes south in some cases and then it turns into a very bitter uh fallout relationship and and uh and what artists you know regardless of what form you're an artist uh what it always comes down to is people do want to have control over their own creativity their own lyrics their own words their own content so you raise some very valid points and i can see why there's been a huge shift towards people going the hybrid publishing route you know what, the other thing is that tra traditional publishing and publishing in general has changed mm -hmm. dram uh, dramatically over the years. And I think that, I mean, you can see uh, online book sales, Amazon being the number one, um, you know, retailer. Uh, you see that, you know, Barnes & Noble, Chapters Indigo, and the, the uh, brick-and-mortar stores uh, carry more housewares and and little you know knickknacks knickknacks exactly um then they do books because mm -hmm. the the rate of return on books although it takes a lot of real estate in their store um it doesn't generate a lot of income for them so you know i think that um it just it, it i think that it has been a shift uh traditional publishers unless you're a known name Mm -hmm. uh, very rarely uh, will give people a shot. 
I think that there's a misnomer out there for, you know, people with that have traditional publishers or, or that I'm going to be, you know, with a traditional publisher and they're going to, you know, make me a star. Mm-hmm. And really, it's the opposite now. They want to. They want you to have a massive network, and you're going to do the marketing yourself anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, and and in fact, you raise a valid point because that's you know behind the scenes the conversations I've had with traditional publishers, and and they will take a look at your social media footprint and they will take a look at the variety of your platforms in which you're getting your message out there and what your viewership is and what your listenership is uh, because it does fundamentally come down to you being the driver of your own marketing and for some people I, I personally am very comfortable with that because I do that regardless of anything to do with book related it's you know radio it's international radio so I'm always plugging my uh, guests of each week and pre-announcing it and doing it strategically through social media. So, you know, um, but oftentimes a traditional publisher, if they don't see that you've generated that buzz or that buy-in or the numbers uh, to substantiate your presence out there, call it as a public figure or call it as somebody who's well-known or reputable, uh, it's not even about your book. Your book could be awesome, uh, but they won't touch you with a 10-foot pole necessarily because you're too much work and they don't want to take on the added for what would be necessary to sell that, the book or to promote the book, which in essence is promoting them. Right. I mean, the thing is that, you know, if, if you take a look and you break apart, you know, what a book costs to, to produce, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's the, uh, the, you know, cover design, back, front, and spine, whether it's the, you know, professional typesetting, the editing, the proofreading, all of that goes into it. They're realizing those costs. Mm -hmm. Um, People also don't realize, I mean, they think they're going to get this, you know, upfront uh, money. I I think that that is a a misnomer Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, a royalty, um, you know, an upfront, you know, big cash. uh, Oh, yeah, I'm publishing my book. But in in essence, unless you, um, and again, if they do decide to choose you and then they, you know, they actually decide on your cover and they decide on the font and they decide on all of these things and you're still doing your own marketing and social media and organizing your own book, you know, book signings and and parties Mm -hmm. and events and things like that, you realize, you know, what are you actually making if you don't actually um, sell the amount of books that they've actually given you uh, the money in advance for, you have to pay it back. Right, right. So as well as, it, as, well really as the shipping the, costs. Exactly. So, I mean, it is, um, you know, your upfront money that you're actually getting from a traditional publisher is an advance against your sales. Right. So, you know, people don't realize that they have stars in their eyes. You know, how many times do I hear that, you know, I'm going to be the next J.K. Rowling? You know, mm-hmm. look how she, you know, made so much money or, um, you know, who started off, you know, being self-published or mm-hmm. somebody who, um, you know, like the Fifty Shades of Grey, she started off, you know, self-published and then they bought it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but out of the millions of books that are out there, and I'm sure that there are uh, more, you know, more amazing books out there that never get read mm-hmm. um, than, you know, than the, 
superstars in the publishing world. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Well, I oftentimes like to play devil's advocate. So let me put forth a question because, again, this is your wheelhouse. But I do interview extensively over the last five and a half years of having my own show, many, many Uh authors. And oftentimes the authors aren't just solely authors. And they understand that books aren't necessarily what's going to generate Yes, which is not going to generate their bread and butter. They're using it more so as a marketing tool. Or if they happen to be a speaker, then the back room is lined up with their books that they can sell after they've done their speaking gig. So when people come to you who are novice writers and they want to get the nuts and bolts, they want to get the truth of, okay, what is this process, um, you know, for people who might be coming in with the notion or the preconceived notion of thinking that their book is going to generate a lot of income and they're looking to this being their main stream focus of income. What do you say to people like, you know, how, what is the clientele, the demographic specifically that you're working with and, and what nine times out of 10 are they looking to get out of writing a book? You know, I mean, I, I can't say that it's a, uh, um, you know, painting everybody with the same brush because I of have people not. that are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I have people that are, um, that are, uh, uh, people that just want to share their stories and it's a cathartic experience and they want to heal, um, mm-hmm. themselves and others. Some people want to inspire, uh, some people it was on their bucket list. Yeah. So I think that, you know, I've all, or, or everybody's friend said, oh, my God, your life is crazy. It's like a movie. You know, <laughs> you should write a book. Right. Um, right. So, I mean, we have, I have, a you know, a, a, a variety. And then, plus, I have, you know, I'm working actually on a cookbook right now for, for an author. So, I mean, I don't, it's, the, there's a variety of books that, that will, you know, and can get published. Mm-hmm. So, I think that, you know, I, 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 I really lay it on the line and I tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, and I, and I give examples of, you know, top leaders in the industry that have a book. Yes, they have a book, but they're not making money on their book. They're mm-hmm. making money on the funnel of their courses and, and their, um, their guest speaking engagements and, um, you know, master class, other, you know, up level, you know, one-on-one master coaching and different, different levels of, of um, revenue generating um, income that, you know, go along with the book. But certainly um, the book isn't the one that is uh, generating the income. Awesome. Far, right. Um, so I think that if they're going to use it as a marketing tool, um, that's exactly perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is, and, and I'm the only company I think that actually does both, um, solo author books and compilation series or mm-hmm. compilation books, which I think the compilation um, being amongst, even if you're a seasoned author, even if you've already been published, um, you know, a few times, it's a great way to leverage mm-hmm. other networks. Absolutely. It's a great way to um, get yourself out there where people are reading you and you're reading them um, and, and your network is reading them and you launch collectively and you have this brilliant book and the amount of time and the amount of energy and um, that it takes to, to be in the book, he has, you know, and you can still use it as a marketing tool and you can mm-hmm. still 
you know, you can do all of those things. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, I love how transparent you are because we don't know what we don't know. And so for people who feel that there's a story within them, they just have to go, you know, find somebody such as yourself, Carol, to understand the process, what's involved, what's your level of accountability and due diligence versus what's their level of accountability and due diligence, what's the timeline, what's the cost. Um, and what's the projected outcome? Because as you say, you know, you are not cookie cutter. You're working with people on an individual level with different genres, uh, different motivating factors for what it is they want to pump out content wise and share their story with the world. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you would be having very individualized, unique types of conversations with your clients. In saying right. that, in saying that, though, are, is, do you have a preference even as a fellow author yourself for a specific genre? Well, I mean, I, it, it tends to be in the, in the self-help, self-help business mm-hmm. um, and, and really where you're actually offering inspiration, information, um, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is my main, I mean, that, that's really my main thing. Um, I mean, my first book, Life in Pieces from Chaos to Clarity, I'm actually on my seventh draft of wow. my second book called Life Unfucked, Transform Chaos <laughs> to Clarity, and Become Your Best Self. So that's coming out. I'm not sure when, but I'm, I'm working on it. Um, you know, so I've, I've uh, you know, I've, I've um, just published and there'll be a launch for Toxic Happiness, which is actually a poetry book of um, one uh, young woman's um, journey from start to finish in poetry. And it's absolutely brilliant um, hmm. uh, going uh, when she was diagnosed with bipolar. Mm-hmm. And it goes inside the, the mind of as, it, like, as if it was happening like right now. Mm-hmm. Um, in real time, uh, as she was diagnosed in seven year journey, um, you know, with bipolar and, uh, you know, signposts have hell heaven in here. Um, that was Tina's 20 year journey, um, through you name it. She's been through it. Mm-hmm. Um, her whole life, her, the whole trajectory of her life changed, uh, from one car accident where she was left disabled and, um, you know, had narcotic dependence and had, you know, I mean, it goes, the list goes on and on, but I mean, these are inspiring. These are, you know, you know words, words are magic. And, mm-hmm. and so I think that, um, and, but the funny thing is, I mean, this cookbook is going to be so fun to work on with, uh, and, and um, I'm, I'm really excited about it because it's a little bit different and it's got a bit of a funky flair. And, um, you know, so if, I like things that are a little bit different. I don't like things that are, you know, the same old, same old. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so having said that, um, I mean, being, you know, if, if you're a poet, um, and you don't know um, where to, you know, where to share your voice, mm-hmm. right? Um, or it can be in a compilation. I find that, um, like, my next compilation is uh, the Solology Chronicles, where the book is called Voices, American Wisdom, Inspiration, Courage, and Scene. It's for men and women. And I find that in the compilation 
in that whole genre of being in a compilation, there are very few opportunities for men to write. Mm-hmm. And it will encompass, um, you know, the, your part of your soul story and the inspiration that comes from your lessons. And it can be in, in story format. It can be in lyrics if you're a musician. With, mm-hmm. with some explanation. It can be also with, um, uh, you know, poetry. And I think it's however you express yourself. And I find that the reader sees themselves in every single story. It's, Beautiful. It's amazing. Beautiful. Well, you've kind of answered a little bit of my question, but we can certainly delve a little bit deeper if you want to extrapolate upon it. But what I was going to say is we know that the book industry, it's oversaturated. Everybody either is an author, wants to be an author, is an aspiring Uh upcoming author. So, you know, and everybody's story is unique, but everybody's story on some level, um, there is a, a pocket already out there. So, of what it is that they're talking about. Again, taking Mm -hmm. into account that from their life experience and the way in which they unpack it for the reader in in context in their book is perhaps different. But what do you say to readers who do obviously, even from just a marketing standpoint, want to stand out in terms of, not that they're in competition with other people, we're truly only in competition with ourselves, but to get people's eyes and ears on their book, knowing their book might be propped up in the same aisle as 10 other books that are speaking to the same type of subject matter, how do you get your authors to stand out? Well, I think that the, you know, why do, you know, you have to remember your why, and why you're writing this book, and what your message is. Yeah. And uh, I think that if you if you're totally on point, you want to express in you know um, if, if you're if you're doing print media you know like social media posts and things like that. It's why they need to read your book. What are the, what are the readers going to get from this? Mm-hmm. You know, um, what are they going to learn? What are what are you giving them? What are the golden nuggets that that they're going to get from reading yours? Mm-hmm. Uh, what makes it interesting? I think that um, the back of the book, if you're doing a solo author book or even a compilation, that that's going to be your sales tool. Mm-hmm. You know, people they you know if they're in a store, they're going to look at the back of the book, they're going to read it, they're going to say whether in, in two seconds or and they're going to say, oh, I'm going to read this or I'm not. Mm-hmm. So. I think that it it needs to be compelling. I yep. think it needs to be um, well written, and I think that uh, it needs to be um, totally on point with message and a message to the reader why they need to read your book. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, and I ask that question too because oftentimes a lot of the guests who I'm interviewing on radio, uh, you know, in many cases there's a theme. Uh, you know, a, a terms like in terms of there being a hub, some interconnected link. So it's either entrepreneurial, it's authors, it's it's whatnot. And uh, you know, there seems to always be, for example, like a buzzword. Whether we're talking about leadership, we're talking about mindset, we're talking about emotional intelligence, we're talking about all of those things. And that very much might be the driver for what the book is about for your clients, your individual author clients. Um, 
you know, do you ever feel or do you suggest or do you help mentor them through the way of how to get away from like the flavor of the month buzzwords, even though it carries legitimacy and merit for, yes, I want to inspire people. Yes, I want to uplift people. Yes, I want to shift the paradigm change, you know, all of that. Like, do you find, especially with you being a publishing company and knowing how powerful words are, do you not find sometimes the message gets diluted because everyone's using the same verbiage? Well, yes. And I think that um, your part of, of Michael message personally and professionally mm-hmm. is you, you need to be authentic and you need to have your authentic voice. There's another so, word. <laughs> well, that, but it, you know, it's true. I, it's true. It it, 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 I know that it's very overused. Yeah. But in my context, it really is being true to your own self. Being true. You know. Um, so, you know, when people, it's funny because when people see me on social media um, or, or on, you know, they listen to a podcast like this and then they'll talk to me personally and they'll go, oh, my God, you're the same. Mm-hmm. And I went, what do you mean? And mm-hmm. I went, yes, you need to be the same. You can't, you know, it's, it's the social media profile persona and then in your book. So yeah, I'm always a a big proponent of, you know, if you're going to write, write like you speak, Yes. go through a thesaurus and come up with every single buzzword and every single, you know, you know, $10 word that you can find to make yourself Mm -hmm. sound um, intelligent, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, air quotes. Um, because it does the opposite. Mm-hmm. It really does the opposite. You want to talk to your reader on, you know, uh, on a personal level. Mm-hmm. That's where you're going to get that, you know, connection. Absolutely. You know, I, I really believe that. Well, and what you described too, and we talk about that oftentimes on radio, whether about be about this specific subject matter or just in general, uh, when when it's referenced back to authenticity and and what it is to be genuine versus disingenuous, it's being congruent. Do your words match up with your actions? And if you were to take a handful of random people and the only common denominator happened to be you as the person that they all knew but didn't know each other, would they pretty much have the same takeaway breakthrough uh-huh. or or way of characterizing you and if the answer is yes then you know there's the measurement tool for your level of authenticity absolutely and and um you know and, and i guess you know part of words mattering and and have you know if you're doing a solo author book make sure that you've got a proper um story arc making sure that your book is mapped out properly, that there's a flow, that your Mm -hmm. message continues, but you don't keep repeating the same words over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll lose your, you know, you'll lose your reader. Mm -hmm. Um, So whether it's, you know, a book about business or coaching or whether it's, you know, your, your story um, and the inspirations, you can't keep regurgitating the same, you know, you can't keep the same words over and over again, the same lines, mm-hmm. repetition. Um, I find that editing um, is a lot of people do not. Oh, I wish I had. I, funny, I wish I had the word. I, I don't. They. I don't think they give editing as much credit as they need to. Mm-hmm. 
Agreed. You know, I think I think that you know I'm I'm part of a bunch of you know groups. Oh, I want my you know um, free you know cheap editor, free editor. Who's going to edit my book? Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I'll get a couple of high school principals to do it or teachers. They're not editors, mm-hmm. and there's different levels of editing. Absolutely. So, I well, and, that and that essentially, that can make or break your entire book is the editing. It, it, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So, well, you know, when I say, yeah, when I say that I'm on a seventh revision of a book, people are like, whoa. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I've got probably five or six more passes to go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in order to make it good, because the first drafts are always crap, mm-hmm. you know, I think one of the biggest mistakes that I hear and I see, um, whether it's on social media or people, you know, people uh, uh, talking to me is, oh, I wrote my book. Mm-hmm. And I went, okay, um, have you had it edited? No. Have you, you know, have you, um, you know, how many revisions? Well, I wrote my book. Right. I myself. It's not, you know, it's not like a high school or, or a university essay where, you know, you do one pass and you're ready to hand it in. Mm-hmm. That's your rough draft. <laughs> so Well, and, and that speaks to also, regardless of what any one individual person's uh, craft is, in order to hone it, you've got to refine, 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 right? If, if you're not conscientious enough to push the barometer and your standards high enough where you're outperforming yourself or you're out-evolving yourself, I mean, this, you know... It, a lot of people just want to pass things off so that they can be in the category of, oh, I published my book. Okay, well, that's great. Anybody can push stuff through and take things to market. It doesn't mean the quality substantial. It doesn't mean that it was well thought out, well packaged, or that it, the message was even succinctly put together. That's right. And, and I've actually turned away, and, and I've even turned away authors. Yeah. Um, and they said, well, you know, but you're a publisher. And I went, yeah. And they, you know, well, we pay you. And I went, yes. But that doesn't mean I publish just anything. Mm-hmm. I won't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, it has to be good quality. It has to, the, the message, you know, the, from, from, from when, you know, the, the cover design to the interior design, it's got to be show friendly. Mm-hmm. So it has to have a professional editor. Uh, it has to have all of the things that make a professional quality book, um, you know, whether you're selling it online, you have two seconds, literally two seconds to see a little thumbnail online to see if they're going to buy your book. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. The cover matters. The cover matters. Well, and it's all got to make sense, right? It's not just about the content itself. You can't just leave it to the reader uh, and make the presumption that they'll understand what the message is you're taking to market or what you hope the takeaway is from the author perspective by presuming that the first thing they're going to do is open up the book or that they're going to read the book in its entirety to have their epiphany aha moment and connect with you as the author. You're, the, what you illustrate on your book what you say on the back page, you know, if you've got an endorsement, somebody who's willing to put that on the front cover, like anything that's going to make it pop, stand out, 
but not that's right. Can, you, you can't confuse people right off the hop. It's got to be consistently sound in 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 anybody who's making a discerning decision, knowing that there's millions of books in which to choose from and to purchase, and we're all consumers, you know, it's got to make sense right off the hop. That's right. And I think that um, there, even, even if it is a, uh, a hybrid publisher, um, it's different than self-publishing. Okay. So, uh, you know, I think that when people do go on, uh, let's say Barnes and Noble site or Chapters Indigo or even on Amazon, mm-hmm. people do check to see who the publisher is. Yep, they do. Okay. If, if it's CreateSpace or, or Amazon, I think people, you know, they don't look at it the same as um, when the publisher is actually a publisher. Mm-hmm. Right. I think, I, I think that people don't, um, I think that people kind of look at it as a, um, you know, I think there's a more credibility attached to it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I believe rightly, you know, in a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, not in all cases. So I'm not going to, you know, I mean, there are some amazing books that have been self-published. So I'm not going to say there isn't. Mm-hmm. But I know that from what I'm doing, I spend a lot of time with my authors. Um, we go back and forth. It's a very, very um, author-centric approach. So, you know, with the design, with, with everything, getting the message out, make, with the flow, um, with the editing, with everything that is comprehensive and helping the author every step of the way and giving them also other marketing opportunities um, that, you know, they may not have um, going the route that, um, you know, that they, uh, that they would do it on their own. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, uh, marketing, marketing costs money. Yeah. Right. Marketing costs money. I think that, um, you know, it's important that people, um, you know, realize that marketing costs money and they need to have some money aside to be able to, uh, promote their book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and the one thing that works in all of our favor, I can't even imagine the disadvantage or the wall that pre like authors were up against, uh, predating social media is we've got a plethora of space that's basically free for us to self-promote, cross-promote, you know, all the people. And, and again, depending on how wide your web is and how big your social uh, media platforms are, you know, and you want to you want to ramp that up, too, because the more people who are engaged with you know that you even exist. And by knowing that you exist, that they you have products and you have services in which to impart with the global audience, you know, people like you, they're not, they'll voluntarily share your stuff out, right? For so, sure. it, you know, so I think we're very fortunate that yes, depending on what route or how diverse you want to be in your marketing campaign or your marketing strategy, but the fact that we've got social media and we've got Twitter, like, I mean, look, it's not even just one platform. We've got a multitude of platforms that we can take full advantage of. Uh, but a lot of people are scared to self-promote. Their words are going to be viewed as narcissistic or, you know, you know, and, but that's, that's a mindset. You know, you've got to get out of your way. You've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and well, you've got to. Part of being an author, part of being an author is leaving the, you know, the, first of all, I think part of the, being the author in different stages is even though you own your work, yeah. you need to listen to the, the 
you know, to others that are not enablers that are, you know, going to be your yes man, which are your family and friends. And they're not going to tell you whether it's shit or not. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So true. To put it bluntly, they're going to tell you, Oh my God, it's so great. It's so great. Mm -hmm. Um, that's not always what, you know, they're not always helping. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need a, you need a professional that yeah. will be able to say, you know what, this is okay, but, or however, mm-hmm. it, how about trying this? Or are you open to this? And, and part of why people don't want an editor is also because, you know, oh my God, they're going to cut up my baby. Right. My book is my baby. They're going to cut it up. And, you know, and I think that that's, you know, uh, uh, I think that, you know, that they don't understand that it's going to make them sound and it's going to make the book so much better. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think you need to leave your ego at the door. Absolutely. And I, you know, and I think that that is, you know, don't fight the edits. Mm-hmm. I find that, you know, people um, that are writing, whether it's in compilation, whether it is in, in uh, their, their book, don't fight the edits. Mm-hmm. You can question the edits mm-hmm. and find out why, um, and essentially it's your book. However, you do want it to be a um, cohesive, you know, amazing read. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that professional services are, you know, they do offer some, you know, some amazing, know what's on, you know, cover to the reading, maybe to experience, not the you know, and then I'm not talking about the, you know, the $99 cover, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, you can see it on other people's uh, covers as well with different titles. The cookie right. cutter one. Right. right? Well, so you it said, needs to be designed. Absolutely. You said something that uh, I think it's worth touching upon and going back, but I am also cognizant of time and I want to give you the opportunity yeah. to let people sure. know where they can connect with you. Um, is, you know, oftentimes the higher up you go in terms of upping your game, leveling, scaling, leveraging, et cetera, et cetera. Most people that I interview, they learned pretty quickly, do never default to family and friends as your critics. Mm. Um, one, they're not in the professional realm to even be objective. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so you're looking for expertise. You're looking for people who are seasoned, who are veteran. This is their discipline. This is their vocation. They know what they're doing and they know what they're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. So I personally, as an entrepreneur, I have never defaulted to my family for anything when it comes to their opinion. Like, and my, and many people have said this too. Uh, oftentimes, and this is the case for me personally, and maybe for you as well, Carol, is my greatest fans are people I've never even met. Absolutely. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> yes. True. It's, it's true. so true, right? Yeah. Because they yeah. see you for who you show up as today. They're, they don't have this preconceived notion of who you were 20 years ago. And let's hope that everybody has changed, evolved, and grown within a 20-year time frame. Well, exactly. And I think that that is, um, you know, I, I think that that is uh, a very important component. But, I, you know, I mean, I, I once said to, you know, I, I, but people need to understand if they're going to hire a professional um, then, uh, you know, I would direct 
So depending on the genre, for example, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have a few, uh, I have a few different um, editors and ghostwriters, let's say, on my team. Mm-hmm. Depending on the genre and the personality of the author, I may connect them with one of my editors versus another. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I know who's going to work better with one over the other. Who and and. Yeah, you know, if, if I'm the one who's doing the coaching, which I only do coaching in the context of, of um, the, uh, for me, uh, for my coaching services in the compilation. As mm-hmm. far as the other, you know, for, for other books, I've got other, um, you know, other people on my team that, uh, that, we, that we use. So depending, I'd like to match up people mm-hmm. so that, it's about the experience as well. I don't mm-hmm. ever want anybody to leave with a bad taste in their mouth. And often, mm-hmm. you know, you know, in this, in the, even in the hybrid publishing world, people do leave, you know, and they publish their books with the say with that bad taste in their mouth. And mm-hmm. I don't ever, to me, it's about the author experience. It's about the final product. Yes. But we take it. I mean, I guess, I would look at it as a holistic approach yeah. for me. Well, but I also look upon it too, like accountability and due diligence rests with both parties. So as much as you, from the publisher's perspective, you want to be author-centered. You want to give them the experience, uh, a lasting, memorable experience, and hopefully because they've had such a great experience, it converts for you in the way of referrals and, and word mm-hmm. of mouth and et cetera. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you got to be coachable. Going back to what you said, putting your ego yes. at the door. Like, what's more important, yes. being placated and being mollycoddled or, or you know, achieving a, a positive uh, end result for what you can say 10 years from now, looking back, yeah, I'm really proud. I'm really proud of that. And I would still stand behind what I said 10 years ago because I did it properly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, and and I, I spoke honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so sometimes I'll say to them, listen, I know it's tough right now. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, especially writing is a very, very, you know, people think it's easy, but it's actually not. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's so rewarding and it's such an amazing, it can be an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, want, I want the authors to know whether they're, they're publishing solo um, and, and regardless of the genre, um, or whether they are, uh, publishing a compilation that they're not alone. Right. And I think, you know, I, and, and not, not in a way that, um, I'm upselling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a different kind of alone, but yeah. you know, it's saying, okay, you know what? I'm here to help you. I'm here to make you proud of your work. Mm-hmm. Well, and you said something that's important, too, in terms of, you know, never wanting your authors to feel like they're abandoned or they're left to wing it on their own. Because especially for writing, it's a very isolating craft. I mean, for you to be in, right? So, I mean, for you to be in the zone and for you to be full on concentrated and discerning with what it is you're writing and being disciplined enough to keep at it every single day, not just banging out the book, but as you say, going through multiple editing um, iterations so that it says, and markets and produces the message that you ultimately want when it's on the shelves or it's in your hands as a finished product. 
Um, so yeah, I think it's especially important for what you do. And I think it's, I think it's really says a lot about you, Carol, the fact that you underscored that because you recognize that writing in itself is very isolating, but even though it's isolating, it doesn't mean that your authors have to feel like they're left to their own devices without anybody there to turn to. So that was a very important point you made. So thank you for making it. Thank you. Yeah. So being cognizant of time, uh, Carol, I want to give you the opportunity for all the global listeners, international listeners, and eventually the podcast subscribers, where can they reach out to you for an initial consult? Uh, Where can they access all your contact information? Sure. Um, So I have a website, so that would be www.starhousepublishing.com. So www.starhousepublishing.com. You can go through it. You can click on. I can contact you. Um, and uh, our, you know, distribution channels are global. Uh, we work with uh, people from all over the world. And, um, you know, I'm happy. To, and then a lot of the questions will be answered in there. And, um, and then we work with all genres. So I'm happy to help. Fantastic. And so living fearlessly means different things to different people, but what does it mean to you specifically, Carol? Wow. Uh, Well, um, you know, I guess uh, when people, when my book uh, Life Unfucked comes out, um, (laughs) they'll be able to read the the story. So, so, uh, but I mean, it's, it's really, you know, how many times can you, hit rock bottom and get right back up and, you know, learn from, from, you know, eat humble pie, um, Mm -hmm. like more than once and keep going. And I, and to me, it's, it's about living bold, living fierce and, uh, living in your, and really living in your truth. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Absolutely. It's about living in your truth. Cause if you're not doing that, if that's not the crux of everything, then, what are you doing? Exactly. You know, and, and who are you actually showing up as? Truly, I mean, nobody wants to think that they're dealing with a chameleon. They want the real deal. That's right. Well, it's raw and real, and uh, you know, that's that's exactly how I am, uh, personally and professionally. And um, I've been, uh, you know, I, I've I've done a lot of different things um, in my life. I've had a lot of life experience. Mm-hmm. Um, in, uh, and I think that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's a passion to be able to help those, um, make their voices heard because I really do believe that people's voices need to be heard. Absolutely. And so as somebody who stands in their own truth, their own power, somebody who is empowered, uh, for who you are, Carol, and walking your talk, how do you keep yourself personally unfucked? Huh. Well, I have different, I have different strategies than, that I use, but, uh, you know, certainly writing, uh, writing for me um, mm-hmm. is, is an important um, component. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, obviously meditation, gra- you know, grounding, um, and, uh really self-care. I think more and more in the older I get, I realize how much um, self-care is important. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, that for me, um, sometimes I just, you know, shut everything down mm-hmm. and just be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's really, really important that, um, you know, not to get caught up. I'm not, a, I'm not into drama and things like that. So for mm-hmm. me, it's good. I, I, you know, I really do uh, connect with myself. I'm very introspective, and I mm-hmm. think that that helps. Absolutely. Why? I think it's essential. I think it's an, I think it should be a non-negotiable. Like if you can't be an introspective, reflective person who's always one putting the mirror on their own bullshit first and, and questioning their own false beliefs, own false concepts, uh, and looking at their own ability of expansion, you know, the things that they're still clinging to that are counterintuitive that are not enriching their life growth experience. Um, you know, it, it, it's really hard to be an authority or an expert or a leader on anything when you don't even have yourself down pat. Well, that's, that's it, right? I mean, sometimes, you know, I mean, I mean, just to kind of, I know that, you know, with time and everything, but we've gone through a very, very, you know, the, the last uh, few months have been um, chaos, absolute, you know, uh, tumultuous um, in so many different ways. Um, but it, it depends on, I guess, it's, it's your, um, to be mindful mm-hmm. that, you know, kind of, I, well, I mean, I read inspiration every day. I write inspiration every day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me to look at it and, and in a positive way mm-hmm. and look at it as an age of awakening and growth and, mm-hmm. and um, change, which is a great thing. So, um, I, I, you know, instead of, uh, I, I don't, I don't wallow in, and personally or professionally, um, in, in failure, I think out of quote unquote, it, you know, failure is just another way of saying, okay, reevaluating and saying, how can we do this better? Absolutely. Well, and the people that I've spoken to, myself included, I mean, the more so-called perceivable failures that you've had, again, it's another, it's it's how you frame it and unpack it and communicate it and dialogue it within yourself. If you look at it as another golden opportunity in which to really get clear on... Absolutely. Right? I see it more as it's about clarity. And I think the the people who are really who have risen in the ranks of being excellent at what it is that they do. They're the people who have gone through the most shit in their life. I do. Because, well, that's it. And, you and, just and, and not, and not just for the sake of it, but the fact that they've used it as an opportunity to find the lesson, the nugget, the gem, and they've used it to propel themselves in a way that they actually can package a, a, an inspirational message or something that's cathartic or something that's enlightening to other people. Right? It's not just regurgitating. Yeah. Because a lot of people are just addicted to their pain. Well, that I write a a part of that in my in my book. Actually, um, I write about people, you know, being addicted to their pain. Yeah. Um, But then there are others. I mean, I you know, as far as living fearlessly, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people because they're fear, judgment, fear of you know somebody my story not good enough. You know what? You're good enough. Mm-hmm. And your story matters. Mm-hmm. And people shouldn't negate, well, I haven't really gone through very much. Really? 
let me be the judge of that because mm-hmm. you've lived a life. And um, so, I mean, it's your perspective. It's not that one person's journey is better or worse mm-hmm. than another. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if somebody says to me, you know, how, you know, I don't have a story or, you know, why would somebody want to read my story? Again, that's living in fear. Yes. Don't, you know, so, I mean, the first step is to contact me and change your life, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. to write your story. It's mm-hmm. to, it's to get it out there. I, I, and even in the book that you were in, Lisa, yeah, there were people that were terrified. I mean, terrified to write the story, but they loved the title so much. They mm-hmm. were like, okay, you know, fuck fear. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> and that's how I kind of look through yeah. my life. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. Yes. And, and, and I think that that is living seriously. And so, and because you're, you know, working in a compilation, it's, it's a lot, there's a lot of handholding as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the people that were afraid to share their story, mm-hmm. they're now standing up and running courses. It's never in a million years. Mm-hmm. Running courses, having podcasts, um, guest speaking to, you know, uh, small groups. Um, you know, if, there's, if their story is about, uh, there was a couple that, uh, you know, domestic violence, Mm-hmm. And now they're, you know, talking to uh, women's groups and mm-hmm. going to shelters. And, you know, I, I mean, they are, these were people that were terrified of sharing their story. And now they are, you know, glowing. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, listen, Carol, I could talk to you forever. We're talking about some of my favorite subject matters, anything that speaks to fear or living fearlessly. I mean, it doesn't get better than that for me. But anyway, I want to thank you so much for the gift of your time. I want to thank you for the ways that you continue to show up um, to everybody else as the example of how they too can show up in their own lives and by doing so, showing up for others. So I just want to say thank you to the loyal listeners and the podcast subscribers. Uh, Also want to thank you for tuning in today with myself and guest uh, Carol Starr Taylor. Please reach out to her. Her information will be uploaded when the show's uploaded. And I just want to say I'm very clear on my purpose. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Until next Friday when we're joined by yet another phenomenal guest, I wish you a safe weekend. Love and gratitude, my friends, and to you as well, Carol. Take care and have an awesome day. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and AHA That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero. 
be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.